Hey, Divine One, Nikaila Mariah, inner child and self-mastery expert and divine channel at your service, and this is my podcast. It is my mission to guide you back into remembering of all that you are as you stand in your highest self and live this life on earth in your fullest and most joy-filled ability. It's time to stand in your power, optimize your energy, and let wealth rain down on you as you get clear on your energy, mind, body, and spirit. This is for the divine ones, the cosmic beings, the creatives, industry leaders, and stars who are ready to activate their fullest potential and live a life of purpose, peace, and wealth as we create a new world. It's time to remember who the fuck you are and act accordingly. Let's get started. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode on our chakra series. Today we are on the very last of the chakras that we are covering here today. And then next week we're going to wrap up everything we've learned before we move on to a really beautiful new series. I'm so excited to share with you. So today as we enter into the seventh chakra, I once again want to remind you And I know that this gets repetitive because I say it every single episode of this series, but I do so because it is that important. It is that important that we remember that this work is from the ground up, that as I speak about the seventh chakra today, it's so important to know that there will be distortions if we haven't done the work in the lower six chakras. So back to our metaphor. You guys should have this down pat now. The root chakra is the base of our fire, the ground, the earth. The roots upon which every single thing is built. The second chakra is our fuel, our firewood or our gasoline or a mixture of both that gives us the sustenance and nourishment to be able to create what that third chakra represents, the internal flame. That flame burns up, alchemizing everything and opens our heart, melts it open to the frequency of love, our fourth chakra. And as we bridge that gap from human to ethereal through the frequency of love, we enter the fifth chakra. That's where we get up into the air, our voice, our sacred message, our authentic soul self. And then the sixth chakra is what feeds us all this information for what to express. And the seventh chakra is our divinity, our higher consciousness. Our first and seventh require one another. Like the roots of a tree, we cannot blossom without both of them. So as we get into the seventh chakra, I want to remind you of that. And remember those of you who are so excited about this and deeply ready to embody all of this. I currently have openings in Embodied Divinity, my six-month mentorship program of one-on-one sessions, Voxer support, and energy healing to help you journey as an individual through your chakras and reach the highest level of consciousness. So let's begin first by going through these bullet points. Remember, these points are found from a variety of different books, texts, and research that I put together in workbooks around each chakra. Every source that I used is cited in every workbook. And 
And so this is a lot of information. So as I read it to you, I want you to open your heart up and listen for what is here for you to learn today. After I read all this information, we're going to go into a deeper, more inspired teaching around what it really means to have an open and thriving seventh chakra. So the element is thought, the name, the Sahara, thousandfold lotus. Remember, this is the lotus that can only bloom if we have roots to sink into. The purpose is understanding. Some of the issues here are transcendence, eminence, belief systems, higher power, divinity, union, and vision. The color is violet. It's also um, associated with pure white. The location is the cerebral cortex, so it's right here. It's also known as the crown chakra, right on the top of your head. Like the root chakra goes down into the earth, the seventh chakra goes up into the astrals. I believe they are the fronts and backs of each other, as every other chakra has a front and a back that spins in opposite directions, like the gears of a clock. The orientation is self-knowledge. The identity is universal. The demon is attachment. The developmental stage is early adulthood and afterwards, and the developmental task is simulation of knowledge and development of wisdom. If you have a really beautiful, open, thriving seventh chakra, you have the ability to perceive, to analyze, to assimilate information. You're very intelligent, thoughtful, aware, open-minded. You're able to question things. You're spiritually connected. You have a deep wisdom and a broad understanding. Some of the traumas and abuses that can create distortion here is when your withheld um, information is withheld from you. Education that thwarts any thinking outside of the box, forced curiosity, religiosity, invalidation of one's belief, blind obedience, no questioning of things, misinformation and spiritual abuse. I see this a lot in clients who were raised in certain religions that didn't didn't allow any sort of outside knowledge or with parents who didn't allow any outside knowledge. So you had to be focused on the one religion or the one way of thought and anything else brought you shame. They often shut down this chakra in order to make their life easier. Some of the deficiencies. So if the chakra is very dehydrated, small, crunched up, is spiritual cynicism, learning difficulties, rigid systems, apathy. Um, your lower chakras have an excess. So there's a lot of greed, domination of others, materialism. Um, because this isn't bright and flowing, your other chakras overcompensate, your worldly chakras overcompensate. If there is an excess, so that this is big and wide and taking all the energy from the other chakras, there's a deep intellectualization, spiritual addiction, confusion, and disassociation from the body. You see this a lot in some spiritual teachers, religious leaders who have no desire for anything human or anything in the human body. Some of the physical malfunctions that come with this are comas, migraines, brain tumors, amnesia, and cognitive delusions. And let's just say a few affirmations to see how it feels and where we're at with the second chakra today. Divinity resides within me. I am open to new ideas and information. The information I need comes to me with ease. The world is my teacher. I am guided by a higher power. I am guided by inner wisdom.
So that's the seventh chakra. Notice what's coming up for you, what resonated with you, what you noticed about yourself. And let's dive into what, what this really, really means for us. So a lot of the things I talked about was this, the identity, right? Was thought, the demon was attachment. Let's talk about those two things. Number one, the identity is thought, not by letting the mind control you, but by knowing that as you observe your thoughts, you are that consciousness. What you, if you can observe something, you are not it. So Eckhart Tolle has one of these practices and I absolutely love it. I want everybody right now to just say out loud or think. Let's just think this in our minds. So take a deep breath and think this. I wonder what the next thought I'm going to think is. And more often than not, there's a, a huge gap in between asking that question and a thought actually coming to. Because for one moment, you go into what is called no mind. We are simply one and present with everything around you. Your thoughts, your ego, your mind are not manipulating you to perceive the world in any other way than what it is. If you are thinking thoughts, you are not present. And so this higher level of consciousness is being able to be one with what is. That is why the demon is attachment. If you are one with what is, if you are vibrating at the unconditional frequency of love, there is no attachment. You can say to your lover, I love you unconditionally. And if you walk away from me, I still love you. If you cheat on me, I still love you. Not necessarily I'm going to stay with you. Not necessarily I'm going to <clears throat> let you treat me this way. But I still love you. I'm not going to hate you. I'm not going to judge you because I'm going to let whatever is unfold for me. Life is my teacher. A lot of parents, for the first time, experience unconditional love for their children. No matter what they say or do, there is a deep, profound love and acceptance for them. It doesn't mean we don't set boundaries. It doesn't mean we don't create structures. But our love for them never goes away. And the hard part about humans is, is we feel there has to be this special relationship with an object or another in order to have that unconditionality. But the whole premise of the seventh chakra is being able to love each and every other person with the unconditionality that you would love source, the beloved, that you would love your own children, that you love yourself with no shame, no judgment. You see them for what they are and you love them anyways. And the seventh chakra is really coming into that. It's not about detaching from the body, just like with the first chakra. If we don't have <clears throat> reverence for our vessel, we are spiritually home homeless. And this is so such an important premise of the seventh chakra is if we are not engaged and attuned to our human vessel, if we don't see it as a sacred temple in which our consciousness resides, then we aren't integrating the vast knowledge. We aren't having the human experience. And that's why people re reincarnate over and over again to continue learning. But it's when you can reach that place where you are connected with the oneness of all, 
I'm still able to experience your human nature, still able to experience day-to-day relations without the attachment, without the need to control, but seeing a deep divinity within everything, a sacredness within every movement, within every item, within every relationship, the consciousness in everything from the trees to the rocks, to the birds, to your fellow humans. It's when we can live that way and let life unteach us every single day that we are truly free and that we're truly experiencing what we're meant to here on earth. This is the really beautiful thing about embodied divinity. We are here on this earth for a purpose. In our higher consciousness at other levels, we don't experience emotions and physicality the way that we do here on earth. Earth is one of the very few places where consciousness comes into corporeal form in order to learn and grow and experience new things. It's why there is a need for contrast. Just last night, I don't, I don't experience physical pain very often anymore. And just last night I was tucking my daughter into bed and her laptop fell onto my foot and it hurt pretty dang bad. (laughs) And as I experienced that pain, the very first thought that I, that came through my mind was deep care for my body, was a deep realization of the disconnection I've had between me and my foot. I've taken for granted that it always feels good, that it always feels firm, that it always feels pain-free. That pain reminded me that it was there, that it was feeling, that it was conscious. And now today, as it's sore and hard to move, I have this deep reverence, walking around in ritual and in gratitude for my feet, for my vessel, for all that I am. And when you're truly living embodied, as you walk around in this miracle, because the human vessel truly is miraculous, you never have to think about breathing. You never have to think about speaking. It simply comes. I don't have to sit and think, Nikaila, raise your hand. When I want to raise my hand, it raises. It's a miracle. And yet so often, so many people go through the day without even noticing their heartbeat or the blood running through their veins or any part of this vessel. We do this with our interactions with others. We get so lost in the thought, the perception of how they perceive us or how we perceive them that we can't see what is. We hold people in the past. For example, if someone hurt you in the past and you've still allowed them to be in your life and in your presence, there's a constant judgment towards them of being that person. And it doesn't matter how much healing they do, how much openness they create, whatever ends up happening, there's still a part of you that holds them in that energy until you experience non-attachment. When you can truly see that everything and anything that happened yesterday or previously, or even in the last moment is no longer here, but all that is here is the words, the feelings, the energies, that you are present with is all that exists and all that matters. It's so much easier to forgive. It's so much easier to simply be. 
And a lot of people ask, well, then, then how do you prevent yourself from getting hurt? And well, you don't, but also there is discernment in the present moment. If that person truly hasn't changed to come into alignment with the type of person you want to be around, then your body and spirit will tell you in that moment. And it's up to you whether to listen or not, but still we can take those actions to speak boundaries, to create distance and still hold them in the frequency of love. It can be really scary because oftentimes when we do that, people want to project everything onto us. I've had to do this with several friendships when they continuously created environments or behaviors that were not serving themselves or me, but felt very out of alignment to my energy. And I had to speak boundaries to create distance in those. I understood the hurt and the pain they were experiencing, but I didn't take it on myself. And I didn't allow it to sway me from saying the words I needed to say. I also didn't try to soften the blow and create distortion in what I was saying. I simply said, this doesn't feel in alignment with me anymore. I didn't make it about them or about me. And as they projected onto me, I held space for them. I even said, I understand that's your truth and I love you and I'm going to take this space and I'm going to create this distance. And sometimes being in embodiment of your divinity means that you can because you are fulfilled within and of yourself. You're not reaching for cars or material things or jobs or money to create that inner peace and fulfillment. You already have it. So whatever comes and goes in your life simply is what's happening. It doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you're unworthy. It's just what's happening. And it creates this deep and beautiful ease and nurturance in life to be sustained in and of yourself, knowing you are that higher consciousness. We've created so much division, especially in the West between divinity and human. We don't see that they are one and the same. We want to separate them. But it's in our most unconscious and conscious movements that we are divine. Your divinity doesn't go away just because you're acting from ego. It's still there underneath it all, loving you. Now, your divinity might not be in the actions that are carrying forward the misalignment, but you, who you are, is still divine and worthy. Your actions simply are not. It's just like when you're raising a child. We never say you are bad or your behavior. Your, we never say who you are is making me feel bad. We say that behavior hurts my feelings. That behavior or that action, but not who you are. Who each and every one of us are, are always divine and worthy and loved. And it's when we can start to see that, when we can look at them in the mirror, no matter how our vessel looks, come into complete acceptance and reverence for it. Because we know it's a walking, talking miracle. And we know that we are the higher consciousness observing it. Remember, if you can observe it, it is not you. If you can observe your body, I can observe these hands, so they are not me. I can observe my eyes, so they are not me. I can observe my words, so they are not me. I can observe my thoughts, so they are not me. I am the awareness back here, the higher consciousness making up it all. But I'm unattached to all the materialism around me. 
it doesn't mean I'm not embodied in my vessel, not seeing it for what it is, a sacred temple for my soul. But I am not attached in judgment to it. Seventh chakra, when you can open to it and still be grounded into the earth, it makes this life so magical. It makes it so that you never see that you are being attacked by the universe or another, but the life is simply unfolding. It takes out all the stress, all the burdens of this human life because you feel your oneness and divinity in it all. And you're constantly learning and growing from each and every experience. It's the most joyful, blissful thing I've ever experienced in my life. And it's why I'm so passionate about these teachings and about walking people back home into remembrance of this. So as you move through this today, let me know what comes up when the seventh chakra meditation is released this week. Allow yourself to move into it and notice the awarenesses, the knowing, the feelings that come up. And on Sunday with this week's journaling questions and channeled message, allow yourself to feel the oneness and connection as you dive deep and tell yourself the truth and come closer into alignment with what you truly are. I love you so much. Thank you for being here in this energy today. As always, breathe deep and plan on miracles. See you next week. Thanks for listening, Divine One. It truly has been an honor to guide you deeper into yourself today. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to create a ripple of support for my podcast, please share it with your friends, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. You can find me on all the socials by searching Nikaila Mariah or checking the link in my bio. As always, breathe deep, plan on miracles, and know life's about to get a whole lot more magical. <laughs>